In this episode, we visit the world-famous seaside resort of Whitby in North Yorkshire. It is famous for its connections to Bram Stoker's Dracula, as well as Captain James Cook, and its substantial abbey ruins. Certainly, Whitby is a widely known seaside resort that attracts visitors from all over the globe. Furthermore, it's best known for its connections with Captain James Cook, as well as Bram Stoker's Dracula. Additionally, Whitby has a west side for River Esk, and this is the more relatively modern side, as well as the east side that consists of the old town. Certainly, it's the west side where you'll find most of the amusements, including boat tours. The east side of Whitby is where you will find the jewellers specialising in jet, Whitby Abbey, the old town hall, Whitby Abbey Manor House, as well as St Mary's Church with its 199 steps. Certainly, Whitby is also famous for its fish and chip restaurants, as well as its two piers leading out into the North Sea. For public transport, Whitby Station is the best place for both bus services and trains. Whitby Railway Station is shared between Northern Railways as well as the North Yorkshire Moors Railway. In fact, they share the line up until Gromont, not that far away. You can board trains to Pickering from the first platform, this is the North Yorkshire Moors Railway, and trains to Middlesbrough via Northern Railways on the adjacent platform. Now both lines are extremely scenic and the line between Whitby and Middlesbrough is known as the Esk Valley Line. Bus services can be boarded from the bus station right next door to the railway station. Here you can find Arriva buses to Middlesbrough, Redcar, Saltburn, Staves, Robin Hood's Bay and Scarborough. Coastliner operate buses from Whitby to Moulton, York and Leeds. The Park and Ride service operates on a seasonal basis from April to early November. You can board this service at the bus station and you can park on the junction of the A171 and B1460. Now Whitby has so much to offer that it's hard to know where to start when you arrive. Its famous structures are the James Cook statue and Whalebone monument on the west side. Whitby Abbey, St Mary's Church, Whitby Abbey House and 199 steps along the east side. Bridging the two banks together is the historic swing bridge that you occasionally see opening up to allow taller vessels through. The mock of HMS Endeavour, or Lord Sandwich, resides on the west side and you can dine upon it. The North Yorkshire Moors Railway terminates here from Pickering, one of England's largest heritage steam railways. So this podcast is a guided tour of Whitby's world-famous fishing town. 
and we take an exciting coastal tour from Whitby's Panic Park through to Whitby Abbey, taking a look at all that there is to see and do here. Certainly, Whitby is renowned for being a fishing town, with its upper and lower harbours situated upon the River Esk. The east side of the Esk was the original fishing settlement, and you can still see the fishermen's homes today on your way to the East Pier. You can also see many historic structures, such as the Abbey, St Mary's Church and the Old Town Hall. Furthermore, the West came later during the Victorian era, when the construction of a resort was established. Hence why the railway station, amusements and other attractions can be found here. Although its origins began through fishing of mainly herring since the Middle Ages, it was also associated with whaling when it was legal to do so. When the railways came along, it was fashionable to have day trips to the coast. Whitby became not only a fishing settlement, but very much a tourism hotspot, and remains this way today. Certainly, with all the exciting things going on in Whitby, Panic Park may get somewhat overlooked. It is the home of Whitby Museum and Art Gallery, situated in the very idyllic park. Furthermore, this idyllic park is named such after the landowner. Robert Elliot Panit purchased the land in 1902, then later became the park that we see today. Additionally, Whitby Museum actually derives much earlier, as it was founded in 1823. It contains largely local history, such as fossils, model ships, dinosaur footprints, and also artefacts relating to Captain James Cook, a famous sailor who was local to the area. Certainly, Whitby Pavilion can be found facing Whitby's West Cliff, overlooking one of the resort's beach areas. Furthermore, the theatre is created in a traditional arch, with around 360 seats. It was constructed in 1878, and remains a local entertainment venue today. Moreover, it features traditional drama, pantomimes, musicals and comedy, and it is a favourable venue for both visitors and performers, and is certainly worth a visit. Nearby are two monuments that you certainly cannot miss. Firstly, the Wilbourne Monument is a large arch over the path down to the foot of a cliff, but is constructed with the jawbones of a whale. In addition, you can also see a harpoon upon the top of it. However, the original Wilburn Arch was constructed around 1853 and can be found in the Whitby Archives and Heritage Centre. Moreover, a replica was installed in 1963, courtesy of Norway, and a further structure that we see today came about in 2003 from Alaska. It is no longer legal to go whaling in order to protect the whales, yet Whitby was heavily associated with whaling in its early history. you certainly cannot miss the enormous monument to James Cook in Whitby. In close proximity to the Whalebone Arch, Captain James Cook looks over the mouth of the Esk facing Whitby Abbey as well as St Mary's Church. Of course, James Cook is a famous sailor who was noted for his discovery of Australia where his ship, HMS Endeavour, a replica is also birthed at Whitby, became grounded on the Barrier Reef. There are many references to James Cook in Whitby, the statue of him, the mock endeavour, as well as the Captain Cook Memorial Museum. He was originally from Staves, before coming to Whitby, although he was born in Middlesbrough. On arrival in Whitby, he became acquainted with the Walker family and became a merchant navy apprentice. 
and this came about because his retail role in staves proved that he wasn't really suited for shop work. Now certainly looking out to sea in the same area is something that every visitor to Whitby enjoys. However, it is typically for two peers at Whitby that captures their attention first. Moreover, these two peers have extensions that were added at a later date. The peers themselves, however, have existed since the 1500s. Yet some form of defence has existed even earlier, between the 1300s. They were never constructed as a seaside attraction, they were actually for loading and protecting the harbour itself. Now if you're fit enough to climb the church steps, commonly known as the 199 steps, you will certainly notice a difference between the turbulent waters of the North Sea against the calm waters of the River Esk, especially on a choppy day, thanks to these piers. Sometimes the North Sea can get somewhat rough and vessels had trouble entering the Esk towards the harbour. The small beach on the east side was known as Collier's Hope and provided a soft landing for any vessels that were in trouble. The piers also consist of two lighthouses that provided guidance to incoming vessels. The lighthouse on the west pier was added in 1831, whereas the east lighthouse was possibly around 1854. Moreover, both of these piers are Grade 1 listed and constructed from sandstone. Certainly, both of these piers are open to the public and you can walk the length and breadth of each of them. But when we talk about piers in Whitby, we certainly consider the most obvious too. However, there are more piers in Whitby than you might think. At the right hand side of the East Beach, there is a shorter pier known as Tate Hill Pier, or sometimes referred to as Burgess Hill Pier. Burgess was a family who may have sponsored it at the time it was rebuilt in 1766. Tate Hill is the narrow lane that leads up to it. Another pier you will notice is at the lifeboat station on the east bank and this is known as Fish Pier and was constructed around 1780 to 1790. As you walk along the west bank you can see how the architecture has strong Victorian connections. This part of Whitby is predominantly amusements, retail and eateries and is quintessentially an English seaside resort. The Magpie is almost as famous as Whitby itself as a fish and chips restaurant. The Magpie is a fitting name as the building is decorated in a black and white colour scheme. It's certainly not the only fish and chips restaurant on the West Bank. There are many. From here you can see the Lifeboat Museum open to the public. And this was originally a lifeboat station, although these days you can find it on the East Bank upon Fish Pier. You can see it from the West Bank. You also get some near perfect views of Whitby Swing Bridge and you may get to see it open to allow taller vessels through. This 75 foot long bridge was constructed between 1908 and 1909 and it superseded a previous bridge from 1835. It doesn't take too long to notice the huge mass of a replica HMS Endeavour or Bark Endeavour in the upper harbour. The term Bark in Bark Endeavour referred to a type of vessel. However, there are in fact two replicas of this famous vessel in Whitby, albeit one is much smaller. The smaller version provides boat tours upon the North Sea, whereas the larger version that arrived in Whitby in 2018 is a dining experience. It was originally berthed at Stockton-on-Tees for some time before setting sail to Whitby, its new home. 
Of course, this famous vessel, once named Lord Sandwich, is a famous vessel that was associated with Captain Cook. Before a road was constructed across the North York Moors in the 1700s, the only way that you could easily get to Whitby was by sea. However, by the mid-1800s, the railways had arrived. The North Yorkshire Moors Railway is one of the largest heritage railways in the UK and was once part of the Whitby to York route. It met with the Scarborough Line just outside Malton at Rillington. Today you can board this scenic journey across the North York Moors National Park to Pickering via Gromont and Gofland. If you follow the line with a car park on your left, you will see a heritage lifeboat known as St Ilda. You certainly cannot miss her as she is dressed in bright orange, typical for lifeboats owned by the RNLI. Crossing the historic swing bridge to the east bank, you can see a narrow lane on your right hand side known as Grip Lane. You can find some artisan retailers along this street, as you can much of Whitby's east side. At the opposite side you will certainly see the Captain Cook Memorial Museum, and it's the earliest building associated with Captain Cook. It certainly covers a decade of history pertaining to Captain Cook's exploration of uncharted waters, the Pacific, South Atlantic as well as the Arctic Oceans. On the opposite side of Bridge Street you can discover one of the Victorian's fashionable jewels, known as Jet. Hammonds were the original jewellers retailing Jet and you can visit a free museum on Church Street. The Hammonds jewellers are found on the bend towards the church steps. Opposite the Whitby Jet Museum, you will undoubtedly notice the Old Town Hall. Now we say old, but it's not the building itself that it's referring to, but rather the Old Town on the east side where it resides. It was constructed in 1788 and its architect was Jonathan Pickernell. It was designed in a neoclassical style familiar at that time. From Hammond's Jewellers, you kind of have a choice to make, either to walk along Henrietta Street full of fishing cottages, or dare we mention climbing the 199 steps to St Mary's Church. But whichever you choose, you are certainly in for some further legwork. As a quick tip, if you don't fancy walking up these steps, you can use the steps up the hill at the corner of Bridge Street, just after the swing bridge on the tight bend. These are known as Sedmund's Trod. Moreover, Sedmund was a poet from Northumberland. Now these steps here are far more gradual than the church steps. Assuming you are climbing the church steps, 199 steps, you can claim some amazing views over the lower harbour and out to the North Sea. If you are crawling up these steps, don't worry, you won't be the first and you certainly won't be the last. However, remember that St Hilda had to climb these on a daily basis and must have been like a mountain goat. Now these steps were originally wooden but they were upgraded to stone in 1774. But wood or stone, they were a test of a Christian's faith for those wanting to go to St Mary's Church. St Mary's Church in Whitby was largely Norman dating back to 1110. However, much of the interior dates back to the 18th century. Now I'm not sure if it's ironic or by design that a very large graveyard exists at the top of a 199 step climb. Still, just opposite the church, you can see Sedmund's Cross, a monument to the Northumbrian poet, associated with the abbey close by. Now he used to go AWOL during the songs of the abbey, as he didn't know the words. Therefore, he looked after the animals instead. The Chomley House is a large manor house that is situated next door to the abbey. 
Now this won't come as much as a surprise to you, but it belonged to the Chomley family, who were wealthy landowners in the area. It was built in 1672 by Sir Hugh Chomley, after acquiring the Abbey grounds, after Whitby Abbey was dissolved in the suppression of the monasteries. Around the back is Whitby Abbey Tea Rooms, that offers tantalising refreshments, especially after a 199-step climb. Whitby Abbey was dissolved in 1539, owing to the reformation of the church under the instruction of King Henry VIII. During the reformation, he stripped all the religious buildings of their valuable assets, including the roofs. If it wasn't for this, the abbey would probably be intact today. The ruins that we see today were constructed in the 13th century, although earlier structures existed beforehand, and certainly less grand. The abbey is open to the public, and moreover, it's very photogenic. You might want to follow the stone wall around for views of the abbey until you reach the abbey entrance. Well, I've certainly enjoyed my visit to Whitby, and I'm sure you'll enjoy yours too. Until next time.